You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to summer and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched the, watched the work out in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to pick it, and I run in that place and thank you. Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning. Welcome to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 on your radio dial, the Martin Houston Show fan page on Facebook. It is a beautiful Tuesday morning, and we are live and local and ready to get things rolling right here on your home for Alabama sports. want to invite you into the conversation by inviting you to join us at 205-342-9904-205-342-9904. The Taco Casa hotline is open for business. Taco Casa quality taste value under the biggest cactus in town. Give us a call. Also stop by and see them on this beautiful day. Uh, Well, it's going to be a little chilly. So if you're a person that don't like the cold, uh, make sure you bundle up, but they are still open for drive-in, dine, drive-through, dine-in, and carry-out. That's Taco Casa, quality taste value on the biggest cactus in town. I also want to uh, invite you to join uh, me over at Martin Houston, the Martin Houston Show on Facebook. If you're one of those people that like to see video live, you're always welcome to join us over there, as well as... Um, download that Tide 109 app and carry us with you wherever you go. It is time for us to get right into that conversation. But before we do that, reminding you that this is a day that the Lord has made. So let's rejoice and be glad in it. Take some time today to notice someone, love someone, serve someone, be the difference you want to see in the world today. So, Let's go ahead. Before we get into all of our conversation, uh, we already got a call waiting. Uh, Just kind of tell you some of the things that are up. We'll quickly review uh, some questions of the day that I've asked. We'll also talk about Bama hoops. Uh, The revenge factor is revenge uh, playing into this week. We'll talk about that. Uh, You know, is that uh, over exaggeration or is it legit? Does revenge play? a role in uh, college football, big-time athletics. Uh, When it comes to the revenge tour we always hear about, we'll talk about that. Devontae Smith getting a little momentum uh, in in some, um, I guess, offline unofficial voting uh, numbers going up. He has begun to see a little momentum coming his way. Uh, can he make a run to get to New York? If he does, does that hurt Mac Jones in terms of his opportunity to win the Heisman? He's currently based on the athletic. Uh, Mac Jones sitting at two. Devontae sitting at um, number five overall, but picking up more first-place votes. Uh, Mac Jones um, clearly having a great season. And, <laughs> Joe, did you see the Alabama uh, post, uh, Twitter uh, post, uh, where they said something to the effect of we can manage, no coach, but we can manage. Uh, we yeah, still manage. That. No coach, but we still manage. I saw that, giving props to Mac Jones and kind of uh, <laughs> backhanded towards Bo Nix and those comments he made last week. Yeah, absolutely. I said, look at Alabama getting in on the social Twitter uh, Twitter war. 
uh, throwing a little shade back over at the Auburn Tigers. Uh, and so I, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, Mike Jones, if Jack, Mike Jones is a game manager, give me a game manager to lead my team every single day, all day, all week, all the way to the national championship. So uh, let's get to Pat. Pat, you in with the Martin Houston Show. What's on your mind, man? Yeah, hey, Mike's a manager, but uh, hey, Coach is a CEO. Yeah. <laughs> coach is a CEO. And, uh, they say Clint Bear Bryant was the best CEO that there ever was. And, uh, but, hey, uh, hey, Coach is right there with him, I'm telling you that. Uh, but, Norton, uh, my call this morning is, uh, you know, you know why they call uh, Baton Rouge Red State? They do what now? I said, you know why they call Baton Rouge Red State? I, I I can't pick up. Call it what? It's called a red stick. Baton Rouge, no, so the term not, comes from why. red stick. Uh, there yeah. was two indigenous tribes there along the Mississippi River, and they had a uh, the, the red stick uh, controlled which side of the uh, town or, or the area that they could uh, be in. And it was a bloody red stick. Uh, when they, when the, uh, the explorers first found it, they found this red stick in the middle of the area, and thus it got the term Baton Rouge, which was which it basically means red stick. But hey, that red stick, Nick Saban's going to take it, and he's going to beat Ogeron right into the mud hole that he belongs in. That, uh, wow, hey, I, 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 I truly believe. That Nick is not going to call the dogs off. That we're still going to be throwing the ball deep, deep into uh, the fourth quarter. Do you not? I don't know whether he'll call the dogs off uh, early or not. Uh, I think that's really based on how bad we embarrass him. I, you know, uh, some people think that continuing to run the score up with your starters uh, is embarrassing. Um, to uh, a team, but it could be just as embarrassing, uh, Pat, that if we're up, you know, 40-something to whatever in the third quarter, you know, and you put your backups in and the backups come in and you keep running your offense. So um, so it, I guess it's really kind of one of those things of, of uh, which way is more embarrassing. Which one would you be more embarrassed about? If you were an except, because he, 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 remember what he did at the, what the players did at the end of the game. It's a, it's several guys that's on this team uh, that's getting a few reps that they that were told you guys are you know crazy for going to Alabama. You need to come to LSU where we're going to be winning championships. So <laughs> it, it may be embarrassing to put those freshmen in uh, in the in the third fourth quarter. And let them have some fun on uh, Baton Rouge and Louis. I mean, uh, the LSU Tigers. That may be just as embarrassing. But I, I, I don't think I, I, I thoroughly agree, Morton. That uh, hey, it, I just said, uh, hey, it just said, hey, the way he called because we, hey, we're going in, and you realize the tax collector is uh, actually uh, he's actually opening up his office for Coach Saban. Oh. Because we going down to pay taxes on that land that we own there at Tiger Stadium, you realize that, right? Yeah, I know that the the home team in this series in Alabama more lopsided than LSU uh, has some unbelievable um, streaks. Uh, I, I know that when I when I was playing here, LSU had not won a game at home in their stadium uh, before the time I was born. So. Yeah, it, Morton, it goes all the way back to the uh, 1970. And, and, they, and that's exactly right. Uh, 70, 30, you're, you're roughly 50 years old. And you're, you go back to 1970, I don't think they've won more than two times. I think one. I think uh, what's the one name? Got a couple. Les Miles got yeah, a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can count them on, you can count them on one hand. Yeah. 
Well, I'll tell you that. And, uh, hey, anyway, Martin, hey, have a blessed day. That I, Hey, I just wanted to call in and, and, and tell you about Red Stick. And uh, if somebody referred to Red Stick, I had to look it up because uh, I did not remember that from my history lessons. I should have. And uh, But anyway, hey, have a great one, Martin. And uh, uh, y'all have a uh, – we'll talk to you uh, later on in the week. Well, All right. Thanks, Pat. That's Pat giving us a history lesson. Uh, Joe, did you learn anything today? Yeah, I never heard of that about Red Stick, so uh, that's interesting. Very, very, very interesting. The Martin Houston Show dishing out football um, and facts. So there you go. But anyway, just a couple quick things. Uh, you know, Joe, I, I asked a poll question um, on coming off of the win and then, of course, finding out that we were going to have the LSU game and all of that. And it, it made me think, do the fans and the players feel the same uh, about the rivalry game, you know, and, and does it elicit the same emotions? Uh, you know, when I was playing, it was it – was we had an interesting – it was kind of an interesting setup when I was playing – of course, Auburn, the Iron Bowl was a big rivalry game. But, man, the the atmosphere, Joe, you would have been amazed at how big of a deal the Tennessee game was made um, when we were playing. And they say that's because Coach Bryant never really respected Auburn, uh, but he did respect uh, and General Nalen and Tennessee. So Tennessee was always a really, really big week and noise and speakers and it was just kind of chaotic and you were so sick and tired of hearing, you know, Rocky Top by the end of the week, it was not even funny. But we knew that the Auburn game was, you know, the game that you had to win. Uh, for the players, it was important for the same reason it was important to the fans. The majority of the players on the Alabama football team and the Auburn football team was were from Alabama. So you had to live with that guy. It was your teammate. It was, you know, classmates. It was and you were always Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, Auburn. And and I wonder now, because of the saving connection and the fact that LSU uh and Alabama, especially early on in Nick Saban's career and, and stuff, there was always that rivalry. And then of course it comes down to recruiting. I wonder, did, did did the fans still get as excited about the Auburn game as they did the LSU game? And the vote came out 60-40 Auburn. Uh, I was surprised a little bit by that, but not much. I wonder what would it be if, if you were to ask the players. Do you think the players get as excited about playing Auburn uh, or LSU? Uh, which one do you think they get more excited about playing now? I think they probably get more excited about playing LSU due to the fact that a lot of those guys uh, are they're you know LSU is recruiting at the same sort of level that Alabama is. Uh, not to say that Auburn isn't recruiting well, but they just an, another notch above where Auburn's recruiting in, in that Alabama LSU range uh, that kind of uh, add adds some spice to the, the rivalry. And if you look on the roster in uh, the way the rosters are made up in the NFL these days, it's Alabama LSU all over the place. So I. I think the LSU game holds a little bit more weight to the actual players on the roster. Yeah, you and I agree with that because I think there's a lot of battles that come down between Alabama and LSU on the recruiting trail. And then, of course, that means that these guys, you know, the, the players get to know each other. They become friends. And then when they go separate ways uh, and separate play, and, and that team has been the one that, you know, uh, I think overall, even though Auburn has got in Alabama's way a couple times, it wasn't necessarily um, that uh, Alabama, Alabama felt threatened that if we don't do it, LSU is the team that can replace us. Uh, and LSU has been that up until this year. But I think you throw in this year in a revenge factor – uh, from last year's defeat and the fact that the game was scheduled, I definitely think the players are a lot more excited. So uh, I'm hoping that excitement translates into uh, good play on the field on Saturday. But we'll 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 find out about that. Got a couple other questions we want to ask you this morning. 
if you have a question you'd like to ask, uh, you can call in on the Taco Casa hotline, and we'll have DC, DC Capstone Report in with the Martin Houston Show when we come back from this break. Thank you for tuning in to the home of Alabama sports. We'll talk a little basketball hoop with DC, uh, DC Capstone Report coming up next. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we start our Tuesday morning with a problem on US 82 westbound in West Tuscaloosa County near Sand Springs Road. A two-vehicle wreck and a disabled 18-wheeler causing significant delays. Now's the time for a great deal at Townsend Nissan. They're your hometown dealer, and they're right here on Skyland Boulevard. With top dollar for your trade and extra rebates, you'll save thousands. I'm Captain Ray. A good supply of sunshine today. Tuscaloosa's high 49. Cold again tonight. Clear with a low at 27. Tomorrow, mostly sunny. The high 59. And Thursday, cloudy and cool with a chance of some scattered light rain during the day. The high 54. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Scott Smith and Southmark Design doing business for 17 plus years. Specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com. Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904 or tuning into the Martin Houston Show on Facebook. Welcome into the, back into the Martin Houston Show. It's now time for us to bring in our weekly guest, DC, DC Capstone Report. Good morning, DC. How you doing, sir? Oh, doing great, Martin. How are you this morning? I'm doing well, doing well. Um, let's go ahead. Before uh, we get into some football, let's have a little basketball conversation. Um, I had a couple of uh, listeners actually reach out to me yesterday and say, hey, I want to talk a little basketball, so uh, don't forget to work that in. So I'm they didn't they're not calling this morning but they asked yesterday so i'm gonna go ahead and get that conversation and we'll get back over to some football uh did you get to watch the game last night before i get into to that conversation yeah they probably yeah they they're probably not calling this morning because they weren't happy with the uh the results last night for sure of the game so uh, yeah i watched a little of the game and that that game itself uh probably is a nutshell this team being a young team i i think it probably did them well to play uh, that team uh, away from uh, home and uh, they learned a lot from that game I think that uh, I think that we're going to get better and we'll, we'll see a better team on the on the court later on in the year because of this early game against Stanford yeah you know it's, it's uh, definitely was not the result that you wanted but uh, if you're going to um, drop a game that a coach can build off of I guess you'd rather do it early in the season and and try to get you know things worked out. I, I think Nate Oates has put together a lot of talent uh, in terms of this basketball team, uh, but I think he has an uphill uh, battle. Not that it's not one that I don't think he's going to conquer. I don't think I think he'll climb this hill. But you you know I think they have eleven. I think new players. Uh, as far as on the court type of players that could continue, could possibly contribute. And, and I've watched teams that, you know, have one or two new pieces struggle to figure out the rotation uh, when when they're trying to figure that type of uh, situation out. And I, I saw some of that last night, um, that this team still has to figure out who's going to be that f- first five, first seven, eight players, maybe – with this talented team, they may get to nine. Uh, but what were your thoughts in terms of him just right now? He's trying to figure it out. And in the second half, while he was trying to figure it out, they were running away with it. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly correct. I think you're spot on with your analysis on it. I think uh, it's difficult to try to get your uh, starting five and then your first three or four off the bench and, and get a cohesive unit to play together. I think uh, Nate Oates talked about that. Uh, 
one of his challenges in, the, in his early press conferences was trying to find out who your starters are and who, how you're going to play in the rotation. Now, what I see different about this team, which encourages me, is a little different than in years past when other coaches may have been coaching at Alabama. Uh, this is a game that, that you can build off of for this reason. You're not getting blown out or not, you're not playing a close game against a Jack State or a Samford. Or you're getting you're getting blown out by a team in the second half that uh, it has high caliber uh, production players uh, across the board that probably contend for a Pac-12 uh, championship. Uh, a, good, a really good solid team. So there's some teaching moments in this game. It's hard to teach against off, off of a close win against a lesser opponent or a, a loss against a lesser opponent. And I think this was a very teachable game. And I think he gets to not only that, but he gets to learn himself. You know, where, where is my rotation going to come from? Where did I get my uh, where did I get my spark? And, and, and to be honest, uh, you live and die by the three. In this game, I think they missed uh, 10 of their first uh, 13 ch- uh, three shots. So, uh, you know, that, that that's something that's just got to come with, with getting more comfortable playing on the road, different environments and, and that sort of thing. So I think it's very encouraging. Uh, uh, as far as something you can build off of, and I think he has the ability to do that. I think he's a good coach. I think he'll, I think he'll learn from this himself, and we'll see a different team uh, take the court next time. Yeah, and if you watched the game last night, uh, Joe and I talked a little bit about it. Um, they they have a guy on the court that may be the first guy taken in the draft, and when you go against one of those guys early in the season, when you're trying to find your Sea legs, it, it can kind of get away from you, and, and it kind of—it was kind of funny. I kept thinking the announcer was—he was talking about last year and being at a tournament and Zion Williams, and I'm like, Zion Williams, what is he? Why is he? And I kept hearing Zion just in my ears, and, and uh, there is a, a, a Zaire Zion Williams, uh, a six-seven forward, but he was a point guard, uh, according to the analyst last night. Uh, and and so he showed some of those ball handling skills. He showed his athletic ability. Uh, so we, we may have just played against the best player uh, potentially that we could face. You know, I don't know that he played as good as somebody we may play down the road, but he 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 has that kind of pedigree to be that first overall pick. And he kind of took over near the end of the first half and uh, and kind of swung things in his favor in terms of, of his impact on the game. And I, I bring up C.J. Watson. He kind of concurred with you. He said, these days Bama lives and dies by the three. Last night we died by the three. And then he points out again that Herb Jones looks like he's kind of the glue uh, to this team uh, because when he we when he got into foul trouble, the team did look kind of out of sorts. So uh, we got to either figure out how to keep him out of foul trouble or find someone else that can be the glue when he goes out. I agree, and that Zaire Williams you're talking about. Uh, if you if you heard anything about the analyst, the analyst talking about him last night, uh, they were correct. He is the highest rated recruit ever in the history of Stanford basketball. Now, that's a pretty good level right there. You're playing against the guy who's probably a one and done, uh, five star, uh, can do it all. And I think he he didn't even play his best game last night, but really took control in the first end of the first half there, first of the second half to give them a good spurt to get ahead. So. Uh, we played against a good team, and, and I think you can, when you play against good teams and you lose that way, you can use it as teaching moments. I think this is, that's what we'll do in this game. All right, so uh, Bama, uh, will I think they will respond. I think this team has a lot of high potential. Uh, any Anything that specifically, else uh, you want to comment on, on the Alabama game in, in terms of what, what you, know, you saw last night? Before we well, move I think, on. I, think uh, I was a little disappointed, if you, if you use that word. I was a little concerned. I, I don't think John Petty played his type of game last night. I don't, I don't know if it's because his shot was off or uh, I don't I don't think he played his best game defensively. Uh, I, don't, I think that usually when he's playing good offensively, that runs to him on defense. And I think he's got to, in order for him to play at the next level, uh, I think he's going to have to play defense every every time he's down the court, not just when you're doing good on offense. When he's doing good offense, I, I think that's something that he's got to work on. So well, I think that's something to watch later in the season. Does he learn from this experience? Yeah, you know, we, we you shouldn't be saying that about a guy who was considered, you know, a, a possible late first, second round draft pick, but uh, a little bit of that did show up last night, and you just kind of have to have to grow from it. Alabama uh, will play against uh, UNLV. Uh, that's their next game up uh, and on, on today. Um, 
8.30 Central Time. So uh, maybe they are able to to rebound against UNLV uh, and, and the running Rebs. Uh, so we'll, 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 we'll be watching that game, and we'll break that down on tomorrow. Uh, what does Alabama need to do against this UNLV team if they're going to get a victory? Well, I think we're going to have to hit our threes. We're going to have to shoot better, take better shots, and we're going to have to play better defense uh, in transition. If you're a running team, uh, you're going to have to get points off transition, and you do that by playing good defense. That's what people think. Well, you don't play defense when you run, but you actually play great defense when you're a running team because it's hard to be a running team taking the ball out on the end line every time after they score. So you need to be able to get those transition points, and that's that's the key to tonight's game. Play good defense, uh, rebound the ball, get transition points, run the ball, and shoot the three. Yeah, and and and, and when when we get turnovers, we need to turn them into points. Uh, last night, I think at one point it was twelve to twelve on number of turnovers, but they had like double the uh, scoring output on their turnovers as we did. So. Uh, we need to either make more quality turnovers. I'm joking when I say that, but you know, uh, those turnovers that make the ball have to be taken out of bounds versus turnovers that lead to fast breaks. Um, and you can't always see that when you just see a turnover number. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if Alabama is able to correct that. I think that's the key. And as you said, playing good defense, I think his, his offense starts with his defense. Uh, and so we'll see if they're able to turn that around. Robert, I thank you for your patience. We're going to go ahead and get the break here, come back on the other side. We'll uh, switch back over to whatever topic Robert wants to talk about, but also switch back over uh, to get D.C.'s uh, review of Auburn and preview of the LSU Tigers. That is what's up next. If you want to get in on the conversation, the phone lines are open. Taco Casa Hotline, 205-342-9904. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the towns of Nissan Island Traffic Center, we still have a wreck on US 82 near Sand Springs Road and County Road 30. We also have a wreck on US 11 at Vance Blockton Road with delays. If you see other conditions, give us a call. Get spectacular December savings now at Towns of Nissan, your hometown dealer. Extra rebates and top dollar for your trade. I'm Captain Ray. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their team. Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said, it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn, which we can customize to meet your needs. Or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com. That's peptalks35.com. Or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show. The sound of Bama sports. Your show. Your team. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. You're back in and it's time for us to get right into the conversation with 
DC, DC Capstone Report. We have uh, Robert from Mobile. Uh, Robert, you are in with DC and the Martin Houston Show. What's on your mind, man? Okay. All right. Uh, sorry, Robert dropped off. Uh, Robert, please call back if you want to get back in on that conversation. Um, we will continue with DC. DC, uh, we were talking quickly uh, about a poll question about the excitement over the Alabama. I mean, yes, Alabama Auburn game versus the Alabama LSU game. The fans from the polls still seem to be more excited about Auburn week. Do you think that translates into uh, the same excitement on the player level, or do you feel like the players may be a little bit more excited uh, about playing the LSU Tigers year in and year out? Well, I think fans are always going to be excited about the Alabama-Auburn matchup because that is the quote-unquote rivalry game, but I really think players enjoy playing in the LSU game and are more excited about playing the LSU game right now, these current players now. I think history will tell you that Alabama-Auburn is the biggest rivalry, but these players, I think, will tell you that uh, LSU is their big rivalry, and some of them even date back to when you played Martin. Tennessee was the actual bigger rivalry based on those games when when I was around uh, college during those times, but I think what we're finding out is because of Coach Saban's ties to LSU, because of the recruiting that we've gone in there and had some head-to-head matches, we've got kids that play on both sides of the ball that know each other. And we've had LSU be in the team in the in the recent years emerge as a team that can knock Alabama out of the Western Division title. And we saw that last year. So I talked a little bit about yesterday on our podcast, if you get a chance to listen to it. And I was talking about could this be a letdown game for Alabama. And in my opinion – uh, my my opinion of the thing was that had it been Arkansas, I would be more concerned about a letdown. But it being LSU, I, mean, mm-hmm. I think this is – some people like to call it a revenge game. I like to call it a redemption game. I think Alabama wants to go in, just like Mac Jones winning this Auburn game with an idea that, hey, uh, I need to do better than I did last year, really redeem myself. So he throws five touchdown passes instead of and zero interceptions instead of two pick sixes. So that, I think, was accomplished. I think now next on the schedule is let's go into Baton Rouge and show that that last year was a fluke and we are the consistently better team so that all the recruits know it, the coaches know it, the fans know it. We will leave out there with a victory. So I think this is a redemption game. I think it's a recruiting game. I think it's on a national stage. And if we go in there and play like I think we're going to do, uh, it's going to, it's going to do bode well for Alabama uh, and their efforts for these players individually. Uh, to gain value in some of these uh, national recognition honors and, and then move on into the uh, to the playoff picture. So uh, I think for the players, this is a big game to them and probably enjoy playing this game more than they enjoy playing the Auburn game. Yeah, and I would agree with you there. Uh, next question from the – we go back to last Saturday real quick. Alabama uh, not having their coach on the sideline. They threw a little shade at, at my man um, – Pat uh, Bo Nix in terms of uh, saying no coach, we still manage and had Mac Jones, uh, of course, uh, pictured and uh, a blurred out picture with, I think, Bo Nix in the background. Martin, you there? manage without Nick Saban and he should. I'm sorry, I lost you, Martin, that last part. Hello. Well, DC, why don't we t- why don't we hit a quick break and let, let me uh, see if I can reset with Barton real quick, and we will uh, get right back on track in this conversation. Are you still hearing me, though? I'm, I'm, I'm still hearing you, sir. So okay. we're we're good to go. Martin might have had a bad connection. We'll get him right back on. Okay. Thanks. Yep. Tide one hundred point nine traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, we still have a wreck on US 82 near Sand Springs Road and County Road 30. We also have a wreck on US 11 at Vance Blockton Road with delays. If you see other conditions, give us a call. Get spectacular December savings now at Towns of Nissan, your hometown dealer. Extra rebates and top dollar for your trade. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa Thread. Good morning. Green County Sheriff's deputies are partnering with state police to investigate after the discovery of what appeared to be a human remain in a wooded area off County Road 211 yesterday. A sheriff's office employee confirmed that deputies were still on the scene yesterday searching the woods for more evidence. 
Greensboro Avenue will be closed from 7 a.m. till 8 p.m. today as Norfolk Southern Railroad conducts a second day of maintenance on the railroad crossing. Hargrove Road had to be closed yesterday for similar work. I'm Don Hartley. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Carving can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom shaped stone. Then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. The sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team, the Martin Houston Show. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, back in with the Martin Houston Show. Sorry about the technical difficulties. I guess uh, the Martin Houston show and the internet and all that stuff didn't like cold like so. Um, DC, I apologize for that. I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. We're back, Adam. Um, well, the question I was asking you was regarding which DC, uh, the which oh, uh, not DC, DC or OC defense coordinator, offense coordinator, Golding or Sark had the bigger day in Nick Saban's absence? Well, I think they both did really well. I think uh, Sark did a good job of uh, uh, calling the plays, managing the game, and, and getting everything organized. I think he did a good job of that. But I really think Pete Golden uh, really did a good job of, of the defense. I thought the defense played better in this game and more physical in this game than they've had in any game prior. So uh, I think that's just another part of them getting better each and every week. I talked about it yesterday on the podcast. I think if you watched this game and watched him uh, tackle, pursue, and fit, play physically, I don't think we played a, a better physical game on defense than we did in this game. I, I would agree. I, I would give the edge to uh, Pete Golding and who had the better day. Uh, it's kind of one of those things of, uh, I mentioned it yesterday, Nick Saban, Saban, if he wins 10 games, 11 games, it's like, so what? You know, what's the big deal? That's what he – that's what he's supposed to do. You really uh, now got, we've got to the point where we don't even, and I'm not saying that's good or bad, but we don't really appreciate Nick Saban until we get to an SEC championship or national championship uh, and what he does week in and week out. And to me, Sark has called 21 games in his career uh, as, as the OC of Alabama uh, on this second stint, not counting the one game against Clemson. And we scored 35 or more points in every game. So he did what he's normally done. But I thought the defense looked better. I thought they played more aggressive. I thought the tackling was better. Now, is that a result of Nick Saban not being there? Of course not. But I thought Pete Golden handled himself well in that sense. So uh, switching gears, uh, players of the game, who did you think uh, was the uh, standout player of the game uh, or players of this game from the offensive side or defensive side of the ball? On the defensive side of the ball, I picked Mac Jones, uh, Devonta Smith, and uh, Jaleel Billingsley. Offensively, I think they had the best production game. You know, Mac Jones on five touchdown passes, um, on and very few attempts compared to the attempts on the other side. Then Devonta Smith I mean, just just uh, just did a great job, just proving again why I say he's the best uh, wide receiver in Alabama history. Uh, and then Jaleel Billingsley kind of coming out a little bit as a offensive weapon that we're going to need down the stretch. So I think all three of those were great. On defense, you know, I had Josh Job. I don't think Josh Job gets enough credit. Thought he played a great game. He had five tackles, five assists. Uh, Christopher Allen, uh, you know, he had a sack, got to the quarterback, played the edge really well in this game. Thought he was good. And then the freshman Malachi Moore, 
if you saw the break that he made on that ball to intercept that pass, that's an NFL play right there. And uh, not many freshmen can make that play, especially freshmen that come in and start in the summertime and didn't have a COVID, had a COVID summer, didn't have a regular summer uh, fall experience like we normally do. So I thought those were my players of the game in this game against Auburn. Yeah, and two guys I would at least give honorable mention uh, because to me they harassed uh, Knicks all game long is Barmore. He seemed like he got more reps and. He's just a game changer because he brings so much pressure up the middle. Um, I thought he was disruptive. He didn't necessarily make a lot of tackles. And I thought Will Anderson may have actually played one of his better games from a pass rusher standpoint. Uh, Finally got in on a sack or or, uh, a couple plays there. Uh, And I thought he he was disruptive in that sense. But to your point about uh, Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, um, I, I, and, I, and from the offensive side, side, I would throw Najee Harris in. Um, I thought Najee got better as the game went along. Early on, he was getting hit in the backfield uh, every time before we were getting going. Auburn was hyped to play. But I think he stuck with it. I think the offensive line stuck with it. And he ended up having a pretty good good um, game. And even though he's had a longer career run than the one, his touchdown run against Auburn, I thought that was probably one of his better runs because to me in that, he showed patience, uh, he showed cutting ability, and then he showed a little bit more top-end speed uh, than, than what we've seen from Najee Harris. I think uh, that was one of those that had it been from 60 yards out, he could have taken it to the house uh, as well. So I hadn't always felt that way about Najee, so I'd give him an honorable mention as as well. Um, DC, when you look forward to this LSU game, uh Alabama is going to be taking on the LSU type. Well, before I move on, was there anything else, any other takeaways from the Auburn game that, that you would like to, to highlight or hit? Well, I've already highlighted, but on my podcast, we talked about the physicality of the defense. I think there was a different attack that pushed through the tackles. Uh, when, you, when you know uh, if, you, if you've ever watched teams that actually tackle well and, and have good form, uh, they always uh, end the tackle through the, through the ball carrier. And I think sometimes we played tentatively. In this game, we didn't play tentatively. We we were aggressive and played, and I think that made the difference in this Auburn game. In other words, we matched their physicality, and I think we can do the same thing against LSU. Yeah. Um, the the uh, other takeaway I would I would uh, to comment on that particular uh, point, DC. Um, I think it was like the first tackle. It, it, you know, like. We've started off several games where uh, the first tackle or two, we missed the guys. Like, like you're like, come on, just, just wrap up. And in this game, uh, the first couple t- chances we had to make tackles in open field, they got nothing. And to me, that just it just you know magnified and multiplied throughout the rest of the game in Alabama uh, from a tackling standpoint. Uh, I don't want to go too extreme, but to me, it was probably other than that 90 yard drive. <laughs> uh, it seemed like this was the best defensive game I've seen from a tackling uh, standpoint. We did have a couple busted assignments, but uh, I think that was mostly Daniel Wright. I mean, not highlighting the kid only, but uh, he had a couple plays that that left us out there. Um, and, and exposed, but overall, I thought the tackling was as good as I've seen in the last two years, uh, maybe even going back further than that. But uh, when we move forward with this LSU team, um, they've not been very good, D.C., at, at, at all. Um, but maybe last week they played a little bit better. Maybe the time off helped them to, to recoup. Um, what do you think the biggest problem – with LSU is I know they lost some players, but to go from a national championship team, they have been recruiting under Ogeron at a pretty high level. How did they fall off so fast? Well, I, I'm going to probably say something that um, you're not going to hear from anybody else on this issue. I, I've heard some things, and, I, and I'm just going on what I've heard. Uh, could be off, completely off base, but I just think that the uh, early in the year. Uh, the coaches, uh, the LSU officials didn't handle very well uh, some
some of the off the field things that the, the way the players wanted them handled. Uh, I think um, a lot of them were uh, affected by that, and I think they kind of lost a little bit of their respect for their coaches and their administrators. And uh, I think that's been proven in some of the opting out, and uh, I think they've lost a lot. They lost lost a lot to the NFL, and if you lose a lot to the NFL, and then you lose some of your players that are that have bought into your system, if you lose their confidence in you, uh, then you you've got a core there that could be a, a cancer in the locker room, if you will. And, and so I think they've been dealing with a little bit of that. And I think it's hard once you get that, uh, once you lose that, it's hard to get that back, Martin. And uh, I I'm, I'm just think that they have some internal problems there that, that that's kind of uh, showed on the field. Yeah, and, and I, I think, you know, I think you're referencing uh, Coach O and LSU kind of botched how they handled uh, the BLM uh, protest movement, et cetera. Uh, and I think, as you said, he, he lost his locker room in the summer. Uh, Any time you've ever seen a coach lose his locker room, it doesn't really matter how talented they are. When you lose that locker room, it is a tough, tough road uh, to, to hoe. And he, he, he very well may have, have done that to the extent that it carried over into the season. Uh, and, and we're seeing some of that play out. And then you point out he didn't work in some of those guys. So some of the guys that he was expecting to work in opted out and he even had one of his best wide receivers opt out this week to get ready for the NFL draft. My question to you, DC, is uh, does that make LSU an extremely dangerous team? Because when you have a two-week period and a team comes back and plays a little bit better, um, could could he have recaptured the buy-in, uh, and if this LSU, because I, I think LSU still has talent. Um, it, it's just that they didn't have it all in the right place, and and all those things. And and, and I've seen teams have bye weeks, and they had an extended bye week, and all of a sudden something clicks. Uh, it, that's what makes this LSU team a potentially dangerous team down there. Um, we're going in with revenge and wanting to get a redemption, as you called it. Uh, does this LSU team have uh, the talent uh, to beat this this Alabama team, and what would they need to do to see that happen? Yeah, I think you've uh, kind of uh, set it up perfectly there. For yes, there could be a perfect storm where LSU has a great game because when it comes down to it, the coaches don't play the game; the players do. And these players have some pride in what they do, and they have pride about beating these other players across the line that they went to high school with, played these seven on seven tournaments with. So I think that these players could rise up, have their best game, and definitely be a threat to Alabama. And if Alabama doesn't play their A game, they could definitely uh, lose. That's Alabama's to win this game. Got to limit their turnovers, limit their mistakes, and play uh, play their best game in this game away in, in Baton Rouge. But so yes, they could be a threat. Uh, but I, I think uh, I think with the lack of the lack of the experience they have on on their team now, uh, that that might last for a quarter or two on emotion. But I believe this Alabama team is going to going to go in there and, and take care of business as all as long as they just go in and play their game uh, and, and uh, do what they've done these past games. I think we'll be okay. But yes, you're correct. It could be the setup for the perfect form for Alabama to catch them at just the right time for LSU to kind of save their season, so to speak, uh, if these players uh, take pride in what they do and, and rise up. Yeah, you see every week teams beating teams that they shouldn't. Uh, even in the NFL, we saw, I think, uh, the Rams thought that they had, were going to have an easy game against the 49ers who lost like 13 players to, to COVID, and somehow the 49ers figured out how, how to get a win. Uh, so you just don't – you just you play the game uh, on the field, uh, and as you said, these LSU players may have some pride in what they – uh, do this could salvage their season as bad as it's been uh, to knock Alabama off uh, would would absolutely redeem and it would give Coach O uh, the opportunity to uh, make another uh, locker room speech uh, about that we're back we're coming we're whatever uh, so you you had mentioned earlier in the program and Nick Saban even commented on this do you think revenge? Uh, uh, has has 
a, a major impact on this particular game in terms of, or is it just one of those overhyped, uh, nice words that us media guys like to bring up? This is a revenge tour. Well, I think it is a media thing. It's a good talking point. It's something we'll talk about it. I think that uh, I call it redemption because I think it's, I think it's not a team. I don't think the team goes in every revenge, but I think anytime you give them bulletin board material like Coach O has been known to do in the past, and uh, and then uh, as we saw this past week when Bo Nix did, uh, the team know, knew about it. Those are team-type things that they can be motivated with, but I think redemption is what motivates you individually. Can you go in there and play? Can can Dylan Moses, who sat on the bench last year and couldn't do anything, can he go into this game motivated uh, to play well? Can Christian Harris, uh, who uh, you know from Baton Rouge, can he go in and innovate? I think individually, it's redemption that 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 takes a takes a step up instead of revenge. Revenge only lasts for so long. Uh, once you go out there and get hit in the mouth for the first time, the emotion <laughs> kind of goes away. But if it's an individual thing for you and you are going right. to try to play your best game because you're self-motivated uh, to individually play your best game, that's what Coach Saban tries to do. He says it every time. I just want you to play your best play every play and move on and consistently do it. Don't do it one time, but do it consistently over the over the course of the game. And I believe that's where redemption comes in. You can, you know, Mac Jones, even though he had in the back of his mind throwing two pick sixes against Auburn, how could the season have been different if he hadn't done that? And one of them wasn't even his fault. It was just a fluke play. So he goes into this game against Auburn, and he plays himself five touchdown passes. He does a good job. He doesn't 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 uh, overcompensate. Doesn't throw uh, into small tight windows. He does takes what he gives him, and he does a really good job. So I think when you self motivate, uh, redeem yourself from, from a past performance, I think that makes a difference. I'm not sure revenge lasts an entire game. All right, what do you see Alabama need to do, and what's your prediction for the game Saturday? Well, I think Alabama goes in, plays their game. If they play mistake-free football uh, and no mistakes on, on defense, I think if we stay in our gaps on defense, they have some athletic players. Uh, I think Alabama goes in and really takes care of business in this. I think what we need to do is stop the run uh, and force LSU to pass the ball. I don't think they have a Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's not coming off the bench. Uh, I think their quarterback play will be limited, and if we can uh, stop the run and then pressure the quarterback like we did and put, put like we put Bo Nix in situations to have to throw the ball, uh, then I think Alabama comes away with a big victory in this case. Uh, I, I think the best matchup I want to see that I can't wait to see is Stingley versus Devonta Smith. Uh, I think if, we, if if that matchup's on the field and, and Devonta can take advantage of some things that I've seen on film, uh, then I think Devonta has a great. Uh, great game on a national uh, national stage, and it launches him into the Blitnikoff Award. So I look for that matchup. Alabama goes in, takes care of business, and I look for a come away with a big victory, 52-17. to 52-17, and you just pointed out, I think, one of the keys to the game, and we'll talk more about that throughout this week, but that's the Stingley-Smith matchup. What's going to happen with that? Hey, DC, tell our listeners real quick where they can find you and follow you and hear that great podcast that you put out yesterday. Well, you can check us out at dccapstonereport.com. Also, Facebook page, DC Capstone Report. Like our page. You can see our videos there. Uh, we're on YouTube as well. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at davidcott 50 on Twitter. And also check out Lance's sites, rolltidebama.com and freelancepictures.com. Uh, that allows me to be on your show each and every week. All right, that's DC Capstone Report, FreelancePictures.com and RollTideBama.com. Sponsor and show where you can get that great podcast. Thanks, DC. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks, Martin. Have a great day and Roll Tide. Roll Tide. All right, we'll be back on tomorrow with uh, more Bama talk, more LSU talk, as well as uh, our Johnson and Marshall Johnson and Marshall Dentistry Christian Moment of the Week with Scotty Hollins. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks all for making this possible. This is a part of the Houston Show. Remember this, trust in the Lord always. We're not your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Roll tide and catch you on the flip side. <laughs>